This is a Rooster Teeth production. All right. Uh, this is uh, episode 29. So uh, last time we were on Burn It, this time we're at Littlefields. But uh, you just you were saying that when Gus moved to Puerto Rico, there was an understanding that Gus just... I just I, I became an internet person. You ever yes. see that that movie with Johnny Depp where he's like in the in the computer? Okay, is that Johnny Depp? I, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I haven't I, I haven't, haven't seen it, it, but I do know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like that. I was in I was in the computer. Uh, good morning, Gus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good to see you. So, what was the understanding? That like you just didn't like no one was going to Puerto Rico and Gus. It's like we're not gonna. But no, everybody visited Gus but me. No, no, no. <laughs> o- only a couple of people. Are you really serious? That well, that was everybody. It was yeah. two people. It was two people. <laughs> there were three. Three people. We didn't. We didn't have many friends. We were a four-person group, and two of them <laughs> went to visit. <laughs> you didn't go. Everyone else went. You didn't go. Yeah. Are you serious? I didn't know about this. Yeah. The only went once. It's fine. It's a beautiful place. I have you have you ever been no, before or after? No. I, but if I go, I, it's hard with the uh, or a bust. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's not much. Uh, I didn't hotel out there. go, but I wanted to. It just never worked out. Yeah. Do you regret it? Not going? Yeah. No. Why would I regret it? You should go. It's it beautiful. Was he came back. Yeah. Teed you up for an opportunity to be like, you know what? It would have been great to spend time with my friend there while he moved away. And you just went, nah, fuck that. I <laughs> Gus and I learned. Gus and I learned during his sojourn to to Puerto Rico that our friendship exists just fine online and via text and video games. Text, which really actually wasn't a thing. It was it was AOL Instant Messenger AOL, at the yeah, time. AIM. Yeah, yeah, different time. There was also year one of Rooster Teeth, so you were working at the uh, call yeah. center and also doing uh, RVB stuff. So it's not like you had a the, bunch of free time. It was a, the way it worked at the the way that era worked. And I'll tell it briefly because I'm sure we've said it a million times, but I had to be at T&I at 7 a.m. I worked from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. I got off at 4, I went home, I packaged DVDs until about 6.30, and then I went to Bernie's house. And then we made Red versus Blue until 2 in the morning, and then I drove the f- hour and a half home from <laughs> Buda, or the 40, 35 minutes home from Buda, to get to bed, to go to sleep, to get three hours of sleep, to get up, to be at work at 7 a.m. You make it sound way worse. Because you weren't packaging DVDs the first nine months. No, we were they packaging they, shirts. They didn't exist. We were packaging yeah, yeah, shirts. Yeah, 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 okay. It wasn't DVDs, it was shirts. <laughs> Remember, your bedroom was just I'm, I'm, I'm shelves tra- full of shirts. I'm trying to be contrary. I'm, tra- I'm trying to be an asshole. We, you can be as contrary as you want, but we both remember. We, uh, Man, I don't know if, if you remember this. Uh, we got kind of in trouble once. <laughs> we... Uh, I think... I forget what it was. I forget if it was the season one or we, season two DVDs. Who did we get in trouble with? Bernie and our fulfillment house. Oh, okay. Do you remember this? No. Oh, like I forget what I forget if it was season one or season two DVDs. Did we say where we are? We're at Littlefields. Did you say that? I don't I remember. It. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is my hangout spot. Me and all the little kids. <laughs> <laughs> it must. It they must, have a little bench up there where you can sit and eat your tacos and work on your I, laptop. I felt like lovely. a creep. I walked in using my phone, like because I was trying to work on some scheduling stuff. I looked around. I didn't see Eric at first glance. I was like, I look like a fucking creep, and I walked. I left. Listen, I've never been here at ten <laughs> in the morning before. I usually get here like I usually roll in about two p.m. <laughs> it's a different scene. Um, Our tacos are ready. You keep going. I'm okay. gonna go get tacos. Um, it must have been the season two DVD. Thinking about the time frame because we had a fulfillment house. Well, it would have had to have been season two. Yeah, and we were going to do a thing where we were going to autograph all of the first, <laughs> I don't know, 
2,000 or 3,000 DVDs, whatever it was, and then ship them out. So instead of paying the fulfillment house for that, we decided just to ship those DVDs straight to your house and we were going to sign them. And then <laughs> either you or I let it slip to the fulfillment house that we were doing that. And they were annoyed because then that's money they're not getting. We're like kind of cutting them out and dealing this directly. And then so Bernie had to smooth things over with them. And then he was mad at us because we created this like weird, awkward situation for him <laughs> where we put him in the middle between us and the fulfillment house. <laughs> I do not remember that. But he was he was very annoyed with us. I do not remember that. Did we sign the DVDs? Yeah. I don't remember that process at all. But here's what I'll say. Uh, don't care. Because they were making so many dumb mistakes at the same yeah. time. Like, <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? Yes. Eric, of our first Christmas with the fulfillment house. No, our second Christmas with the Fulfillment House, so it might have been season three of RVB. They said, hey, we can offer uh, gift wrapping if you guys want gift wrapping. Oh, God, I forgot about this. And I, we said, yeah, that sounds like a great feature because people are ordering stuff for Christmas, uh -huh. especially if they're ordering late. If it already comes gift wrapped, then it's just ready to throw into the tree. So we're like, yeah, please. So we offer that. They turn that on in the software. They offer that as an option. And then as we get closer to Christmas, we start getting complaints about packages not arriving, packages not arriving, packages not arriving. Eventually, I go down to the fulfillment house to meet with the guys to figure out what's going on. And I walk in and I see a pile of Christmas presents wrapped just in the corner, like hundreds of RVB DVDs and T-shirts and stuff. And I go, oh, there's our fucking, that's, people are looking for that. Why, why haven't we shipped it yet? And they go, yeah, we've been meaning to. We just, we ran out of ribbon. And I was like, how long have you been out of ribbon? They're like, it's been taking, it's like, it, it, it got delayed. It's been like a week. And I'm like, yeah. I'll go to Walmart and buy you ribbon. That's not an, ex what the fuck? And then I had to apologize to all the customers. Wow. And uh, because they just, they sat there for like two weeks because they were just waiting on ribbon. Yeah, either go to the store and buy ribbon or ship it without the fucking ribbon. Ship it without the ribbon. Yeah. yeah. How about ship that? Ship it without the ribbon. I mean, it's not gift wrapped if it's not ribboned. Come on. And I just remember thinking, like, how do grown-ups make these decisions? <laughs> I, do you, I don't know if you remember one time. Like it's more important that it has the ribbon than it arrives before Christmas. We, uh, one time, we all had and to... Then, sorry, go ahead. We all had to go up there. Uh, I, I think they, like, wanted us to go up there. They were going to show us something. Like, some, <sighs> some new thing, some new th service they wanted to offer us. We went up there, and uh, they had, like... <laughs> we we walked in and they had this big presentation ready for us. They had like these computers on a table. I hated this day so badly. Hooked up to monitors and they're like, "Look, we can offer gaming computers that you can sell on your online store." And we're like, "Well, one, we don't do that. Two, these look like shit." Oh, no. they had no. It, and here was the design. They had one behind a, <laughs> a piece of red fabric and one behind a piece of blue fabric. And they were like, whoosh, and they're like, but we'll make the computer blue, and this one will be red because it'll be like red versus blue, and you can pick which one you want. <laughs> and they look. It looked like texture. Some real audio texture going on. <laughs> I'll, I'll pause for a second here. Oh my god! That's maybe the most audio texture we've ever had. It looked like if your 12-year-old cousin built a computer for you. Oh. Like, it just wasn't done well. Um, and there was another time where it was like, oh, we, we can't, we can't. I mean, it, it, even if they looked amazing, it's like, this, doesn't, this isn't what we do. Well, we're not going to get into com selling computers online. And it's like, who's going to support this when stuff breaks? And they're like, ah, oh, we'll figure that out later. Don't oh worry my about it. The people and, who couldn't find a ribbon. And listen... It sounds like we're beating up on these guys, and I don't want to because they were wonderful. Mm -hmm. They were really sweet. They helped us out uh, in a very 
uh, precarious time in our growth. We eventually had to move away to a larger fulfillment house, and then we eventually had to move away to a larger fulfillment house. Like we've keep just growth uh, as it goes with growth. Uh, but for those first three years, they were they were integral and they were really sweet yeah. people. And I, I would I haven't seen any of them in years, but I remember them fondly and I yeah. love them. But goddamn, <laughs> did it begin? the process of the audience thinking we fucked up and us having to take the blame for other people's fault problems and having to take it on the chin. And, man, if, if that doesn't persist to this day. <laughs> Just because we complain about some something or somebody doesn't mean that we we hate them. You know, we complain. No. We had a, a whole episode complaining about Frank, <laughs> who's one of our, one of our dearest friends. God, I love Frank. Uh, I mean, that, that's just, like, these are just the stories. These are just stories taken over years of uh, yeah. what's going on. No, the, the everything went fine story is not very interesting or compelling. Yeah, it's like, remember that March, the, that next March when nothing bad happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume, I don't know. There's, yeah, there's, there's no story there. There's nothing going on. How uh, long were you guys with that fulfillment center? Probably three years. Maybe, yeah, they were, maybe they, a little longer. They were at that first location, then they moved... And we moved with them over there. They rebranded. They had a different name. Might have been longer than three years. Maybe. We stayed with them about a year longer than we wanted to because we were scared they would go out of business if we left. <laughs> and so it was, one, it was another one of those things where, like, it shouldn't have been our concern. Right. They were a fulfillment house before us, uh -huh. and I assume they're a fulfillment house after us. Right. But it was one of those things where we really liked them, and so we like we hung around a little longer than we should have. And then when we finally did leave, they had picked up some other contracts, and yeah. we didn't feel like That's it bad. was going to tank them. But, uh, yeah, still, it sucks to pull your business away, especially when it's an appreciable part of somebody's bottom line. I mean, it, you had to, though, right? We like did. That, we that did. was we just the trajectory to. you were on as a business. Yeah. And the, the, it, the, we, the fulfillment house we went to is the one we talked about before, the people who fulfilled the Lance Armstrong oh, wristbands. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's like we really had to step scale up. And, and in a big way, and they did, and they helped us get, they helped us get a couple of rungs up the ladder. Uh, and then eventually we had to move away to another fulfillment house. You know, it's just like Gus says, it's business, growth and business. But, yeah, nothing but fond memories of all those vendors that we worked with. Then, <laughs> I to say vendor sounds even, like, too dispassionate. They were, these are, like, friendly friends, yeah. Almost, yeah. you know, essentially. Yeah. It's like all the behind-the-curtain stuff I think people don't see or people don't think about, uh, really. It's like you order something online. You, you know, nowadays you order something on, like, Amazon, you don't really think about how does it actually get to you? Where was it? Yeah. Who put it in the box? Who, you know, printed the label? I'm sure a lot of that stuff's automated nowadays, but it's like very tedious things that need to get done and need to get done correctly with ribbon. <laughs> I mean, it's a big part of not just your business, but I would think like a lot of online businesses and what you guys sort of uh, blaze the trail for, right? Like becoming, you know, hey, we're this entertainment thing and also we sell merch and merch is a big part of what you do yeah yeah i mean i think even if you think about like musicians and tours right it's like the reason you tour is to sell merch yeah. uh i always thought that was strange i thought that was the the first hurdle we would run into anytime we met peers like in the industry in those early days was trying to explain to them how like they thought we were crazy for selling t-shirts and stuff and trying to explain why it was such an important part of what we were doing and then the the, the internet definitely caught up and then blew past us. But there was a long time when I felt like we were the only people that were really us and, like, maybe Penny Arcade. Yeah, Homestar. Homestar. Uh, Homestar. Well, I, I modeled a lot of our stuff after Homestar. I think we... Remember, we told those stories? They used to have a store that would, um, it would show the inventory. Like, you'd be like, there are 335 Strong Bad t-shirts in stock. And so I would, in the early days of 
RVB when we were figuring this stuff out. I would go to, uh, this is when I still had a day job, I would go at work in the morning and I would print every morning the entirety of their store. And then I would go home at night after work and I would decrement how many items they'd sold so I could reverse engineer how much money they were making off merch a day. Oh my God. So that then, and also to see what sold. And be like, okay, this kind of stuff sells, this kind of stuff sells, doesn't sell. And I did that for a year, six months to a year. And then I would base our sales and stuff, like orders and stuff, based purely off Homestar. Have you talked about that before? Probably. That's maybe. I've never heard that. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I would like, go in. It was like, it was antiquated it was dumb and it would be like 35 pages i would just go page by page and print every page from their store and then i'd go home and i'd write the numbers down and then i'd be like oh shit they sold uh, uh nine uh, of this uh, action figure today that's good to know good to know they'd be like they sold 70 shirts all right we need to make more shirts yeah it was well there was no there's no other way to get data it, other than that it would be yeah. guessing like the first run of dvds that were printed we had no idea how many to print yeah. i mean that was a long discussion because it was, it was money coming out of pockets like you have to pay for it up front you can't be like we'll pay you once we sell them well, that's why we do super sponsors right right and then we made uh, 10,000 was our initial run yeah I wonder if we've ever talked about how many DVDs we've sold uh, do you know I have no idea no I know that I have here's a way to this is the best way I can put it in perspective I, I have no idea on the hard data but I know that that company that we the company that didn't that didn't have ribbon <laughs> and that tried to get us to sell computers <laughs> And fucking high-speed gaming mice, which we did sell for... Or high-speed gaming uh, mouse pads, which mouse we pads. did sell for we, a while. Uh, Yeah, we didn't talk about that. We should talk about that. that but go weird. ahead. Uh, that initial company, about... <laughs> unfortunate timing. About a month before we let them go, or we switched vendors, they gave us a framed plaque. They framed our 100,000th order. Oh. And we still have that. Yeah, you so might see it around the office. You probably I, just don't. Pay, you probably yeah. walk by it and don't pay attention to it. It's just an. In, it's just like a. Yeah. It's got like a red invoice. background, or like a red uh, matting with a blue framing around it. But um, so yeah. somewhere, I don't know how much we've sold throughout the course of the history of the company. Uh, but I know that we had at least a hundred thousand orders in the first four years, three years, something, something like that. that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was way too much for us to package. <laughs> Yeah. The, the the best was I don't know if you remember this. A couple of times, like before we had the fulfillment house, when I was still living with Jeff, you know, we'd get woken up early on the weekend. You know, there'd be someone like knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, like persistently not going away. Then we'd go out there and like open it, and it'd be like a dude with a semi, and he'd be like, "Where do you want the DVDs?" And he'd be like, "What?" <laughs> He's like, "I've got a couple pallets of DVDs here. Uh, where do you want them? Where, where's the dock?" It's like, "This is a house, dude. Like, <laughs> it's just house. Like, I don't know. Drop them in the driveway, I guess." So he would just like get his pallet jack and drop like pallets of DVDs like in just driveway. Of DVDs, and then we'd have to like break the pallets down and carry all the DVDs into his garage because then that's where we were staging to then uh, package everything and ship it out. Uh, but yeah, these poor guys like driving. A semi down a resident, a crowded residential street, and then expecting to find a loading dock somewhere, and then mm. just having to like drop all that shit oh off in, in Jeff's driveway. My it's shit, a fucking shitty nightmare. little driveway. <laughs> <sighs> those those stories so, to to think back on them now, it almost feels like it was different people. It was so long yeah. ago. It was like three lifetimes ago. It feels like you know, it's hard to even. Like I remember them as stories, as if I watched it on TV. It's uh, hard to it's hard to connect with it, per, you know, and like feel like, like it was actually us. That was you. Yeah. That go, there was also that one time, an, another time that a eighteen wheeler showed up at Jeff's house, where like he sh uh, just unannounced, some dude shows up and he's like, "Yeah, I've got like this giant box 
uh, I forget who's addressed. It might have been addressed to you, Jeff. Like to address to Jeff Ramsey. He's like, okay. And he like, dude, it's not a pallet. It's just like a big box. He like this dude, you know, pulls it out from the semi, you know, drops it on Jeff's uh, driveway. And I remember Jeff and I were standing out there. Like we're not expecting any or we didn't order anything. We're not expecting any merch. You know, what the hell is it? And we're like, remember we were both a little scared because we couldn't figure out who it was from based on the return uh, address. And we're like, we we gingerly opened it like very carefully, and it was a giant. Halo 2 Master Chief statue, like what? how tall was it? Like five feet tall or oh, something? Five feet tall, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like a promotional thing that I guess Bungie or Microsoft had sent us. And it was like, I mean, it's cool, but <laughs> what are we gonna do? With That's another thing. You might see it around the office every now and then. We still have it. Yeah. We still have really? it somewhere. It's around somewhere, yeah. Uh, but it was it was wild back then because I felt like when Bungie was first acquired by Microsoft. You know, uh, you know, the Halo came out for the original Xbox, and we really, you know, we weren't making Red vs. Blue, obviously, before Halo came out. But after Halo came out, before Halo 2 came out, you know, it's when we started making Red vs. Blue. And we got to know the people at Bungie very well at that time. Yeah. And uh, we would go up there very frequently. Wonderful people. Yeah. I remember specifically one time before Halo 2 had come out, like, I think they'd only shown the E3 teaser, and, like, nobody had seen anything about the game, and they invited us up to play it <laughs> and uh wow. yeah. so yeah we flew up to to this story we flew up to seattle uh, it was actually in redmond it was their first office like yeah. they, they had this really shitty office in millennium park when they were first acquired by microsoft off uh, terrible <laughs> you'll see it in like in like I've, i think there's like making of halo 2 docs where you see it all over the place in that yeah, yeah they, they 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 moved out after halo 2 was shipped they moved out to their other bigger office halo yeah. 2 was made in a very unimpressive office yeah, yeah in uh in kirkland i think more people are familiar with the kirkland office but anyway we went up to the to the office in redmond at millennium park and it was like they set up a couple of tvs in like a spare conference room and it was <laughs> i want to say it was jeff bernie me and maybe jason yeah, maybe Jason. Yeah. I don't I, think it was Matt. I don't think it was Matt. I think it was like yeah. the four of us and then like these two dudes from Norway. Uh-huh. And it was just like they yeah, I don't know who I, I, to this day I don't know who those dudes were. <laughs> and it was like they they locked the six of us in a room and then just watched us play Halo, right? They, they were like wanting to, like they wanting us to to play it just and, and feedback, get you know? feedback and see what it was. And then all the four of us immediately stopped playing the game. You know, we're just like Trying to see, like, if we we ran filming, into a quarter, oh. like, we all, like sequestered ourselves <laughs> and started trying to see, like, can we still make red versus blue in this? And they're like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, we're uh, we're, you know, we're, we're just trying to see if we can still play." And Bernie's then, like directing the scene. He's like, "All right, you come in. All right, turn turn at ninety degrees. Okay, hit this mark. Okay, now, can you lower the gun? How do we lower? You know, yeah." And there was uh, there was, uh, and we're doing this, and then like this one dude who walks in is like, "Oh, we fixed that bug, by the way." <laughs> also, by the way, every once every once in a while, a Norway dude would kill somebody. Like, dude, stop! Come on, we're trying to do something over here. Knock it off. And these guys were like, "Whoa, we're trying to play Halo. We came across the fucking ocean to we play." We flew Halo. over the North Pole. I remember they said they flew over the North Pole to get there. <laughs> and we're like, Halo "Well, too. you play over there. You guys play. You shoot each other." <laughs> and uh, one of the one of the dudes at Bungie walked. He's like, "Oh, we fixed that bug, by the way." Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, where you look all, where you point your gun at your feet and your character looks back up at the last second. Uh, we fixed that. They were like, um, fix it. Can now. you put that back in? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. kind of need that. Well, they were like, so if you could just give us a list of like things that you wouldn't mind seeing in the game that could make your job easier, and we're like, the list is just put that bug back in. <laughs> just put that back in. And they're like, oh man. But they did. <laughs> How was Halo 2? Not as good as Halo 1. <laughs> For filming. For filming. Yeah. For filming. It was a great game. Uh, it was, but I, I felt like that was the first time. Where I was like, holy shit, like, 
this is really big. Despite all you know, the you know screenings and sales and everything, I've always I've always been like a big video game person. Like to finally like get invited up. Like oh, this is the game everyone's waiting for, and like we got invited up to play it. Like it was a really big fucking deal. It was for me. one. It was one of those things where like. We blew like our personal bucket lists were so small, yeah. mm-hmm. and we just blew through them every <laughs> month with new opportunity. It's the same. Like it all started because we loved video games, yeah. and specifically we loved Halo. I mean, we were the people that were bringing our TVs and our Xboxes to Bernie's house for an entire weekend and setting up with Xbox Connect and going through all the rigmarole, and we were playing, uh, you know, two-hour-long games of CTF on Sidewinder down, you know, it. And it all came from that. I yeah. mean, we were huge fans. fans. So it was every opportunity we had, it was just like we were gushing, you know? The idea that we would even meet the developers, yeah. let alone get to have conversations with them. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd always been, I think I told this in a previous anime episode, I'd always been a huge fan of Bungie's earlier games. I, I mentioned you know, like emailing them when I was yeah. in high school and meeting the, the dude here in Austin who replied to my email. But that trip when we played Halo 2, that was my first time ever going to Seattle. I don't know if you'd been up there before. And oh, no. I remember we landed at night at SeaTac. And if you've ever been to Seattle, like SeaTac is south of Seattle, right? And I remember we landed at the airport. There was a, a car that picked us up. And it was a, like this weirdo eccentric driver. Mm-hmm. It was like a town car service or whatever. I remember getting in the back. And, you know, when you'd leave SeaTac to go to Seattle, especially at night, you kind of drive through the middle of nowhere. There's like nothing for a while, especially back then. This would have been 04. It's very dark. And I remember being in the back seat, and the driver just kept talking and talking. He kept talking about how he had Britney Spears in his car the week before us. And then like partway through the trip, he's like, oh, I'm almost out of gas. I need to stop and get gas. And then he like pulls off the highway. And I'm like, this guy's going to kill us. Like I was really worried that this guy was about to murder me. Like we pull up to some shell station off of the highway. You know, He's putting gas in. Uh, eventually, you know, we drive up and then you don't even, we, since we're going to Redmond, you don't re- really even go into Seattle. Like we stayed east, like we kind of passed through Bellevue and Bellevue was fucking well, tiny back not, then. Yeah, Bellevue nothing back nothing. then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then go out to Redmond and that was, I, I was like, I'm not a praying man, <laughs> 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 but I was definitely praying in that backseat. Like, oh my, please do not let this guy murder I, me. I think people are probably listening to this going like, Gus, that's crazy. I don't think people understand the expansion that Seattle's gone through in, like, the last 20 years. What it was 20 years ago now versus, like, what it is today is... I mean, it's boomed like crazy. You used to get into that airport. You would would start driving into Seattle. You'd be like, a lot of trees. Yeah, there's nothing here. Nothing else. Especially at night when it's dark and, like, there was nothing. No lights, just trees. Yeah. Uh, It was a... <laughs> I, I remember that guy to this day. <laughs> my my first experience. I have no memory of that. That's funny. I lo- that's one of the things I like about this podcast is between the two of us, we have almost a memory. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there was another time we were out there. This was, this would have been much later. We were because this probably in the Halo Three era because we were staying in Kirkland. Just when Bungie was in that Kirkland office, we were staying at a hotel there in Kirkland by the Burgermaster. I want to say it was a La Quinta. Ah, oh, the Burgermaster. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if you were on this trip or you remember this, but there was like, they called it like a once in a century storm blew through. Yeah. And it was like so windy and it was so stormy <laughs> that all the power for the entire city got knocked out. Oh my God. And like the hotel we were staying at since like, you know, you use those electronic card readers, yeah. they didn't work anymore. 
Uh, they gave us glow sticks they, to get to our hotel they rooms. They gave us glow sticks, and they put glow sticks down the hallway to illuminate the hallway because even the emergency lights weren't working because the power was off for so long. I, I presume the, the key locks on the door must have a battery in them as well, but it was like, it was, the power was off for so long, nothing was working in that hotel. I have two memories from that trip, from that time. Uh, one was we were eating lunch at a restaurant, and a tree fell down and a, crushed 10 cars. It was a keg, yeah. Yeah, the keg. Like, a giant tree. Like, if it had hit the building, we were like, well, we would have just died. We, we would have all been dead. We would have just died. And instead, it destroyed, like, a row of cars in the parking lot. Like, a big-ass tree. And then later that night, we were walking around Seattle, uh, dicking around, joking around about zombies for some reason. Uh, and uh, I remember Matt kept leaning into the wind, and it would like support him. It was so windy he could like lean forward like Michael Jackson, you know, uh, but without the little nails to put your feet in. And in the process of doing that, the wind took his glasses and they just went up into the air, and they were, they gone. were gone. We never they saw were them. Gone. They like, were just. They were. And they were in Portland in four minutes. And Matt had to call on and be like, "Can you buy me new glasses?" Like there were four of us there. We couldn't find them. Like they didn't hit the ground. They went. It was like a cartoon. They went straight up into yeah. the sky. It was like they got beamed up. <laughs> did, did he just say, my glasses? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I forgot about he that. He didn't have glasses for the rest of the trip. Oh. Prescription. He was blind. And we, the only reason, and then the next morning, the power was still out. The power was out at the airport. Uh, we lucked out because I think we, I had booked us a weird route. I think we were, we were flying. Normally, we flew up there on American Airlines. We were flying Alaska this one time, and our flight was out of, like, that satellite gate, like the oh, end, yeah. the end yeah, terminal yeah. or whatever, or whatever that weird terminal is, and that was the only part of the airport with power. So because we were flying Alaska instead of American, which we normally did at the time, and because our flight was originating out of that area, that was the only part of the airport with power, we were able to leave. Like everyone else, was, their flights were all canceled because there was no power at the airport. I was actually, I spent the weekend uh, with a with a friend of Rooster Teeth alum, Kent Nichols, mm -hmm. who... Uh, was the one of the two creative minds behind Ask a Ninja, who were huge, oh, huge in early yeah. internet. Yeah. yeah, those guys were 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 one of the first big deals, and we worked with them a lot. Uh, we actually had a pilot with them for a little while uh, that didn't go anywhere. Um, but we were real good friends with Kent and Doug and 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 that crew. And so I was hanging out with Kent over the weekend, and we were talking about how in this like 20 year career, the different phases where you're talking about going to Seattle a yeah. bunch. There was a period where we went to Seattle. Eight times a year, yeah, a lot, probably a lot. between PAX and Emerald City Comic Con, and then Bungie, and then other Microsoft shit. Yeah, we were there like six, seven. Like we were going to, we were going to, we were going to Bungie five times a year probably, but we were going up to Seattle probably like every month, every yeah. other month. And there was a period when I felt like we were in New York every other week for yeah. a while. Yeah, and then there was a period when I was in San Francisco during Achievement Hunter stuff. Probably like six times a year. And then I haven't been to any of those places in forever. Yeah. I don't know why I would go back. I don't have any reason to. And it's just weird how the cycle that work takes you through where it's like, all right, now you're going to, New York is very important to you guys for the next two years. And then you won't ever go there again. And then yeah. San Francisco is going to be a big deal. Then you won't go there. I don't know if you remember, we used to, back when we were doing a lot of commercial work and going up to Portland at Wyden Kennedy, uh, like we were going up there so frequently, I was in talks with like, corporate condo people yeah. to get us a, like a place in Portland. Yeah. Wow. Cause like we were there so much. It's like, we're spending so much money. We may as well just have a condo right by the ad agency because we're always there. Yeah. It was such a cool building that ad agency. And it then, was. uh, and then we got fired and then we didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, that's true. 
Then you didn't need the condo. No, we didn't need that condo. Thank, Problem thank God solved. we didn't get that condo. Good thing we didn't sign that paperwork. Yeah, but that was that was a, that's a, that was another period where because when we would go up to there, we'd go up sometimes two three weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was there, there was one time where we banged out you and I banged out a oh, was it me and Jason. We banged out a commercial. It was you. And it me, was you and I. It was we a, banged out a commercial. It was a commercial day. they didn't care about. It was for arena football. It was arena football. <laughs> we we landed in Portland in the morning. Filmed the commercial. They were they were happy with it. And then we like booked a flight that night to come back to Austin. We j- I remember we just had to tackle some dude over like on the sidelines in the game. I assume it's same in arena football. There was just a wall. Yeah. And you could you could get like tackle people over the wall. And I remember we just tackled a dude over the wall all morning. And then that was it. That's all they needed. And we were like done. See ya. This episode of Anma is brought to you by HelloFresh. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store, take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. With HelloFresh, eating well in the new year can be stress-free and delicious. With over 35 weekly recipes, they have options you're looking for. To help you achieve your goals, you can choose calorie-smart and carb-smart recipes or even customize select meals by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading your proteins, or adding protein to a veggie dish. I'm a big fan of HelloFresh. I just got a shipment yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I made one last night. I had a zucchini and tomato flatbread with uh, lemon ricotta, fresh parsley, honey, and chili flakes. Let me tell you, honey and chili on a pizza, it's uh, it's game-changing. I think uh, I've opened up my mind a little bit. I've unlocked a new level. Uh, I think it's great, and uh, you put it all together in just a few minutes, and uh, when you're done, you get to eat a delicious meal that you made yourself. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Anma22, use code Anma22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Anma22, it's Anma and then the number 2 and 2, get it, Anma22, and then use code Anma22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. What were you doing in, I I guess, I mean, different cities had... Obviously, different things going on. What are you doing in New York so often? Like, what was happening we were, in New we York? We actually did many screenings at the Lincoln yeah. Center. The Lincoln Center. Uh, like uh, We talked about one when we screened season, the premiere season, all of season one and the premiere season two, and where we met Gavin. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we were good friends with uh, the guy who was, the, like, the director of the Lincoln Center, and he loved programming internet content. Huh. And uh, so we were up there quite a bit, you know, doing screenings and various... I mean, we would make videos for other uh, screenings he would have. Like, we, the, that incredible edible internet video was, like, promoting that other screening of his. Yeah. Uh, he eventually moved on to San Francisco, and we would do some screenings out there with, like, San Francisco Film Festival and whatnot. Um, he died of cancer. Yeah, then he passed away some time ago. That was really, really, really sad. He was such a, he was such a wonderful guy. Jason ended up moving to New York for a while and worked for him. Really? Yeah, Jason had lived in San Antonio and Austin his entire life and wanted to get away. So I think it was about six months or a year there around yeah. season two or three where he moved to New York City and then Nick, his brother, moved up with him and then uh, he worked for Graham doing film stuff for a while. I don't know if you remember this, but I, there was a, a power outage in New York back in 03, mm-hmm. 04, something like that, where like, all of New York City lost power. That's Jason was living there at the time and uh, we needed him to do a Tucker line, but he couldn't because there was no power. <laughs> So there's one Tucker line in season one that's voiced by his brother. Nick. And you'd never know. You'd ne- really? Yeah, yeah. They sound so much alike. Yeah, so Nick does one line as Tucker in season one because Jason couldn't do it because there was no power in uh, in New York. I think it's just like Tucker saying what or something, something like that. Something like that. It's like, yeah. There's a Tucker line not by Tucker in <laughs> oh, yeah. the show? That's Early so on. crazy. Oh, that's wild. Um, 
you said you were going to San Francisco a lot for AH. Is that the same thing? Was that Graham and the stuff he was doing in San Francisco? Or well, was we that did different? we did spend some time going to uh, going to visit Graham in San Francisco uh-huh. and doing stuff out there. But I was referring more to like a period like it's maybe four years ago when I was working pretty closely with Kind of Funny back in the Let's Play family, uh-huh. and then we did that documentary about stand up. And okay. so I was up there like I think I went like six times in us in a quarter. Jesus. for that yeah and I just remember thinking like I should just move here because I'm here all the time yeah. In, independent of that I felt like we also did a lot of work with uh, Ubisoft for quite a while there yep bit a lot, a lot of work with Ubisoft Ubisoft offices um, there, also they were at they were like smaller ad agencies we would do stuff with in the San Francisco Bay Area as well there's a lot of like unsexy trips that are very forgettable where you go up and you get there on a Wednesday and then you have dinner with the ad agency or you know the whatever team of RT that's there and then you get up the next morning and then you go to Ubisoft and you sit in a conference room for two hours and you pitch a thing and then you leave and go home like there's countless trips like that and you know nine times out of ten nothing comes out of it but then that tenth time you end up with a gig and then you yeah there's like so 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 many forgettable trips to New York and San Francisco and LA where we did that stuff there's one trip I took to San Francisco by myself uh, it was to do some ad agency work. It wasn't even video game related. It was for candy. <laughs> was I remember a, that. It was a really weird thing, yeah. You're Swedish fish, right? Yeah, it was Swedish fish. Um, and there was like this really small ad agency, and you know, were working on all this creative stuff. And like the way the office was structured, it's like you walked in, it was like one big room. Uh, it was like very open office concept. And you know, there was like a receptionist, then right behind the receptionist was a bathroom, then right behind that was just like this giant room. There were no doors or anything. And so we were all sitting around like doing like pitching all this creative stuff and coming up with all these ideas. And one day I really needed to take a dump. Like something was wrong. And like I needed to run to the bathroom. But it was that one bathroom. That's how I like feel I said, right now. It, it's all something was wrong. It's all open office. It's like, oh man, it's gonna be terrible. So I go in there and like take this monster, nasty uh-huh. dump. And I go to flush it, and the toilet just won't flush. And I was like, oh, my God. There's no plunger. There's nothing in here. I'm going to open this door, and everyone's going to be able to smell it. And I can't do anything about it. So I had to, like, had to like open the door very quickly, come out, and like ask the receptionist who's like sitting right there, like, hey, do you have a plunger? <laughs> she had to go get it for me. And I had to <laughs> go back in, close the door, and then fight with it for the next couple of minutes to try to get the toilet to flush. Were you, was this like I, a building like with like a ground floor or were you like we, in like a high rise? We were on the ground floor. Oh, uh, I would have, I would have probably jumped out a window. I, yeah. Were, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to just walk out and leave and never go back. I wanted to like the earth to swallow me up. <laughs> it was so awful, Eric. <laughs> this is a total aside. Just go to the reception. But do you have a plunger? Yeah. She's sitting at the front desk. Yeah, let me get it for you. <laughs> let me get that. Yeah, let me get you the guest plunger. And a hubcap tied to it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Uh, oh, I'm dying. Oh, it's so funny. It was awful. As, as bad as you think it is, it was worse. Oh, it was worse because everyone watched me. Because oh, like, there's there's nothing else. Like, you open the door, everyone turns and looks. You know. Terrible. <laughs> that reminds me, I don't know why, but you talked about jumping on the first floor. Do you remember when we were doing that press junket of interviews at Comic-Con a few years ago? We were interviewing people from, like, yeah. WB shows. Yeah. Do you remember that dude? I don't remember. I think he was on... I don't remember what show he was on, but uh, he uh, he kept trying to convince us we needed to pee out of the second floor of a window. Oh. Did you ever do that? No, no. I, I remember I that, done it either, I did but not I, do that. I still mean to do that. We need to find a, a second floor we can... We can do that. He was just like, I mean, okay. kept going on about it. Like, it's an amazing feeling. How? What? 
He goes, just go out of a window someday. Just try it. He goes, you'll, you won't regret it. All right. I guess try it. But, uh, but that dude was on TV. Yeah, he, he's, he's successful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you peed off of a, a roof of a building once. I was wondering where we were going to get to the story. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. Uh, we went to, we were in L.A., do you know why? I don't remember. It was E3. E3. It was and E3 2003, I think. You and Jason and I got so incredibly drunk. We were staying at a nice hotel. Yeah, I have no memory of where it was now. It was, at this, I could not tell you. And we decided we wanted to go get in the hot tub, but it was like midnight, and it was closed. And we figured out how to break into the hot tub, and we did. And then we just... We didn't have swim trunks or anything, so we went in the hot tub in our underwear. And we were just like, all the lights were off. We were trying not to get noticed. And then we were just kept getting drunker and drunker. And then we Because did, being drunk and then getting in the hot tub is a great yeah. idea. So smart. This, and by so the way, this, I'll be sober for six years in March. So <laughs> <laughs> some, of these, some of these memories are why. Uh, and uh, we dared each other to pee off of the roof and I don't remember if I was the only one brave enough to do it or not but it was you and Jason were there as well and we peed off the roof no, of that no, hotel no, there was no we by the way <laughs> <laughs> onto all the cars below and then we eventually got kicked out no yeah. and then I, I don't remember what happened after that but I woke up in front of our door at like 5 in the morning in my underwear sleeping in front of the front door we, of the we had a photo for a long time back before digital cameras we, we had taken a photo of him Laying there face down in the hallway. Just in my tiny whiteies. underwear. Just wet from the hot tub. I just decided to sleep in front of the room. <laughs> it's like, dude, the room's right there. It's all right. There's, there's no, there's I no movie I knocked on the door and they let me in. That photograph followed me for years. <laughs> I'm glad that one disappeared. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, the, uh, I don't like, we're at about 35, 36 minutes. We haven't talked about this place at all. These have been very good stories. I don't want to, like, cut this off. These have been great stories. I've, I've enjoyed them a lot. So I drive by this place a lot. What is this? And I, I always see, like, kids. I always thought it was a playground here. This is called Littlefields. Yeah. That coffee place is called Fleet. Yeah, Fleet Coffee's good. You ever been to Fleet Coffee on Weberville? It's the best coffee shop in Austin. Okay, we should probably go there for the show where we drink coffee. Let's do it. Okay, let me keep going here. Um... The taco place is called Veracruz. Yeah. Best tacos in Austin. There's a snow cone place. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. What the fuck is Littlefields? I don't know. I don't know. It's what the there's, there's a bunch of buildings around here, too. Yes. We're, like, in the parking lot. Those it, are homes. Those it, are homes? Yeah. Well, the parking lot all says parking for Littlefields, and I went, oh, maybe, okay, I mean, I know Littlefields is this, but maybe Littlefields is that building. It's not that building. That's kind of why Eric was here first. He saw me walk in and walk out. Yeah. Because I was confused. I didn't. I'd, like like you said, nothing says Littlefields. Like maybe nothing this in here is, not is the called right place. Littlefields. Yeah, I guess it's just like the area that's called Littlefields. No, the area's the called corner? Terrytown. <laughs> <laughs> the corner that we're on is called Littlefields. Well, you don't want to call it like clearly somebody owns this property and uh -huh. then has leased space to the coffee and the taco place. They are genius for having done that, by the way. But genius. Yeah. But I guess they call it Littlefields. Uh, so that, like, if Veracruz moves out and somebody moves in, they the, don't the change the name. The same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a park. It's like a park with artificial turf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I, like, I think we were talking about it when we were deciding to come here, that this is a place for, like, nannies to bring 
yeah. their, like the kids they're watching. Yeah. That is how this feels. Wait, they, they need way more parking. The parking yeah. here is atrocious. Dude, it I, is gnarly. And we all could have taken one car. Something to think about. Just for um, future reference. Yeah. Just, I'm, I mean, we're just sort of spitballing the, here. But um, the coffee's really good. Yeah. So we also got tacos because I, I wanted to review the tacos also. So let me get these tacos oh, out. Oh, this is going to be a whole thing. I was wondering why we weren't eating them. Nothing like some cold tacos. They're warmish. What the? F what is going on? I don't know. Okay. So we also got tacos because I wanted to see what these tacos were because you guys wouldn't shut up about Veracruz. Have you never eaten Veracruz? Nope. Oh, man. Oh, beautiful. Um, never had it. So this is a spot. Everyone seems thrilled. Uh, this is a spot where they have coffee right next to the taco truck. The coffee thing... Very fast. Could not believe how fast we got served Americano our coffee. came out like in 20 seconds. It was, I mean, they told us like, oh, you pick it up. And the and the woman went, just hang out for like 20 seconds. I'll just, I got it. And it was like, damn, all right. Then you go over to Veracruz. You don't have to talk to anyone. It's all on their like iPad in the front. Yeah, like a touchscreen ordering system. And then Gus hacked it. So that way a keyboard came up in the middle of ordering. It was pretty cool. I just said, que onda? Yeah. I was like, I was like oh, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, this is like, this is a very cool if I could ride my bike here, I'd ride my bike here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's yeah. it's that. It, because I wouldn't have to deal with parking. I wouldn't, yeah. It wouldn't be like a headache. I would, like, bring my wife here, and it would be like, let's get a cup of coffee and a couple tacos, and let's chill for half an hour, and yeah. then be on our way. I, uh, it's I, a cool spot. I have done so much face work here. Is that right? Yeah. This is where, I, like, so, like I, I'm writing the cookbook right now. Uh-huh. And I say writing the cookbook because it has turned into a lot of work, and it is writing. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, oh, no. Trying to get, no offense to Eric and, and uh, no, you're Eric. No offense to Gavin and, and Andrew, uh, but they're not super helpful with the I've recipes. I've been nothing but helpful. I you're don't know fine. why I got you're lumped fine. in with them. And, uh, and it's also supposed to be funny, so I'm actually like trying to write it as a funny thing. And I've done a lot of, the, a lot of that work here. He told Tony, who uh, runs a lot of our merch and design and everything, Jeff's like, I used to do like layouts and stuff, so I think I can like lay out a bunch of this stuff. I got it. I got to oh, figure it out. No. And then, <laughs> and then I heard a conversation that went, "Hey, so it's been a little while since I've done this, and um, I'm gonna need some help." <laughs> well, no, you just start to realize, like, oh, right. Because listen, I went to journalism school uh -huh. in the you army. Went to journalism army. I went to journalism army. I ran. I was a section editor in a newspaper. I did. I laid out the entertainment section of the Fort Hood Sentinel every day for every week for years. I I. I did the layout, the initial layout, and I, I personally made the first two RT comic books. I think Griffin and Luke took over after that, mm -hmm. uh, and they did a much better job. But, like, <laughs> I, I, have the, I have that ability. I just hadn't used it in 15 years. And when I sent down to do it, and I was like, does InDesign still exist? Oh, fuck. And then I started looking, and I'm like, oh, this is not who I am anymore. <laughs> I think that's a problem that you and I both have. And I think, uh, I don't know about you, I don't want to speak for you. No, please it, do. It's a problem that has plagued me um, for years, even before Rooster Teeth. Like, professionally, that's a problem where I think I can do something, I bought off more than I can chew, and then get in over my head and realize, oh, crap. Uh, like, I can kind of do this, but really I need to bring someone in who knows more to either really help me or to just do the entire thing. Or I could do it and spend ten times the amount of like man hours right. to make it look 80% as good when I could just hide, when we could just have the professional people that are right. way better. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while since he's done it and you've probably never seen this, Eric, but it used to be back when we would share that big, um, 
uh, living room office at the beauty apartment, anytime I would fire up Photoshop, Jeff would start laughing and come running over to watch me use Photoshop. He said <laughs> it was like watching a monkey rubbing two sticks together trying to make fire. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he would watch me try to edit an image in the most roundabout, stupid way possible. Uh, <laughs> he decided it was the funniest thing in the world. That's another one. I used to be so good at Photoshop and so adept with Photoshop. And now I like, I'll go in, my daughter will be working on something for school, and I'll, she'll have Photoshop on. I'll be like, ah, oh, let me see what's, what's going on. And I'll watch her and I'll be like, uh, uh. it's like she's speaking a different language. She's like, uh, I don't know how to do any of that. No. And also, everything that she's doing would have made my life so much easier. Was that always there? Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, but professionally, I mean, I guess that's, again, talking about outgrowing the fulfillment mm-hmm. centers and everything, you outgrew that work. Like, you had other stuff to do. You couldn't be bogged down doing all of those things all the time. You'd never get anything else done. You'd never get anything else done. We had um, someone visit us once at the Congress office. Um, like someone from another internet company who wanted to come down and see how we work, you know, because he was working with um, like some other content creators online and he just wanted to see what our work process was and how everyone communicated. And He sat in our office in Congress for a week and <clears throat> watched us work watched how we made stuff and how everything got done. I remember on Friday, he was getting ready to leave. He was gonna, packing his stuff up to go to the airport to get on his flight. He packed all his stuff up, and before he left, before he walked out, he was like, before I leave, I just want to say one thing. Uh, I don't know how anything gets done here. <laughs> he was like, I, this was baffled. This entire week has been baffling to me to watch how you all do not communicate. Mm-hmm. There's no hierarchy, I can tell, mm-hmm. but still somehow everything gets released and everything gets done. He's like, this is this makes no sense to me. Uh, and then he walked out and <laughs> went to the airport. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. We had, I don't, I don't remember who it was. But we, uh, I, I mean, I think that's part of the strength of. Well, I mean, Rooster Teeth was so much about right place, right time, right people, right. But I think that was the strength of. And there are many weaknesses to starting a business with your friends, and I would not recommend it. However. Mm-hmm. One of the strengths is we had such a shorthand with each other, and because we worked together already, we were all working at the call center together, and that Bernie and Matt and Joel had made movies together, so we all had experience working together, and we all had just like, I think the, the real secret sauce there was we had all just had a very similar drive, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but like it's one of the, the beauties of doing something like this with people that you're so intimately familiar with is that you you just kind of work in tandem yeah. without having to over communicate. It was it, it's like a, a hydra in a weird way. Yeah. Where it's like all but all of the heads are being are working together without any spoken communication, getting stuff done. There was a question that I do want to hit cuz it can be answered quickly if you want to answer it. What was the name of the band you toured with cuz you talked about touring with a band and coming to Austin? Oh, uh, the band was called Catch-22. Okay. Yeah. They were a Victory Records band. Very um, cool. I, maybe they still are. Um, okay, so let's talk about Littlefields. Veracruz has a very good green sauce, and their red sauce is so hot, and I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's usually backwards here, where green is the really, really hot one, yeah. and red is the mild one. Um, not at Veracruz. Veracruz red is the hot one. <laughs> And yeah, I, I wish you could see Eric's face. <laughs> I used the whole container. I used the whole container on one bite. Oh, no, oh, no dude. <laughs> because I thought it was uh, like like every other red sauce here. I thought it was nothing. <laughs> good taco, though, right? <laughs> oh. That's the yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It was a very good taco. Be careful with the rest. <coughs> the coffee was also excellent. It's fleet, man. Yeah. I will say, the coffee was good. I really liked it. Then I had the taco, and it made the coffee ten times better. Uh, I don't know what happened. That is a fantastic cup of coffee with that taco. This might be the best cup of coffee we've had recording Anima. We need to go record at Fleet. Okay. It is a hole-in-the-wall coffee shop on Weberville. It's across from where Garmonds used to be. It's next to the... Um, what's that place called? Shit. There's a heavy metal bar over there that has shows. What is that? The... What is it? Sahara or something? The Lost Well. Is that what it's called? I have no idea. On Weberville? Oh! Around the corner from Kitty Cohen's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lost Well. And I bring that up. <clears throat> it's connected to the Lost Well, Gus. And I bring that up to you because the Lost Well is the bar that the people who ran that other bar that escapes me that we used to go to all the time on 6th Street that Adam Thompson loved. Oh, Lovejoy's. Lovejoy's. It's their, it's what the they opened up after Lovejoy's. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go, maybe we'll do that next time. We'll go to Fleet on the next one. Yeah. Um, so if you had to rate, Ten. I mean. Ten. I, I think I agree. Yeah. yeah. This is. It's perfect. It, here's the thing. If I'm rating Fleet Coffee by itself, I think it's up there. I think it's really good. If I'm rating Littlefields as the spot, my mouth is on fire. I am dying. Um, it's good. You're alive. If if I'm rating like the whole thing, the taco with the coffee, it's like that's unbeatable. Like I have, to, I'm gonna have to drive all the way across town to come over here again. <laughs> Here's why I'm happy to hear you say that. I took, I thought it was a bit of a risk to recommend this place mm -hmm. to y'all. One because I come here all the time and I really like it, uh -huh. and I would hurt my feelings if you guys didn't like it. <laughs> but two, it's ninety percent like. Nannies with kids running around, and I thought that this could be a recipe I, I, for just you guys I mercilessly say, I, screwing. I have me. been hit by rolling balls. I think about ten times during this recording because we're at the bottom of a sloped hill, and uh, little kids lose their grip yeah. on balls, and they come down here and hit me. Uh, I don't care. It's uh, it's that good. It is like, and it's even better at the top of the hill when you sit on that little bar yeah. and you just kind of look out over it, and it's just I don't know, man. It's the vibe here is just awesome. It, it's 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 weird how. It's very neighborhood. It is a yeah. neighborhood. It is considering it's. I can see Mopac. It's it, like yeah. right off of. Mopac. And we heard the loudest audio texture we've ever had from that fire truck. <laughs> Even I might agree that was probably too much. That was a lot of audio tech. Like there were kids. All the kids here were watching and plugging their ears. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're looking to come visit Austin and you want to go to a like a hip cool coffee place that yeah. we talk about, this is not it. No, you're gonna you're gonna be like this is a bunch of families yeah. watching their kids play. But it is just something it's good, awesome. But, about good it. food, good coffee. Yeah. But if you and your girlfriend live around the corner from this place and want to ride your bikes over here, this is a great spot for a little Saturday Sunday like breakfasty. If you thing. live around the corner from here, you're probably living in a three million dollar house too. So I just want to throw that out. There's too. a house. <laughs> Emily and I were here not too long ago, and mm -hmm. we parked next to a house that was for. Uh, lease, uh -huh. and so we looked it up. The lease price on the house, twenty thousand dollars a month. This is a very expensive part of town. Twenty thousand dollars. Can you imagine paying no. <laughs> over two million? What, what is it? No, two hundred forty thousand. Two hundred forty thousand dollars a year to rent a house, any house. That's wow. like how much my house costs. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, it was a fancy house, but it wasn't. It wasn't that. And also, this area is not like. Wow. Yeah. It's just the west side of town, sort of. It gets pretty wow when you go closer oh, to oh, the river. When you <laughs> yeah. keep going. Yeah. You get over like scenic drive and that uh, stuff. But this is right off the freeway. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, Gus is right. I can, I'm watching Mopac right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I mean, this is a great episode. I like the stories and my mouth is finally cooling off and uh, nice. the tacos were good. We'll have to do, 
we're gonna have to do the other Veracruz. There's a, there, well, there's a there's a bunch of them. There's yeah. one over there in Mueller. Like you were talking about wanting Fleet Coffee there's one on radio. Weberville. Yeah, you could probably pick up the Veracruz uh, in that Mueller and then head down to Fleet. The original, well, Fleet has coffee has tacos too. And oh, they're really? good. Yeah, okay. they, they're they're good. Uh, they're not from Veracruz. They're from a different taco truck that's also very good, and I can't remember what it's called. Okay. Uh, but also, I think the original Veracruz is like on East Seventh yeah, or Cesar Chavez somewhere. Yeah. I think that's still around too. There's a bunch of trailers. It's the only, like, as I know, the entire nation has had it now. <laughs> uh, I feel like Austin kind of led the charge in the trailer park eatery thing yeah, early on, definitely. Uh, and I'm so over it. Me too. And I have been for many years. Yep. This is the only trailer park food that I get excited yeah. or I would ever make a trip just yep. for. Veracruz opened a brick and mortar for a while, but then. That building got torn down because mm. they're building condos. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's get to some name guesses. Um, oh, God. Put it out there to say, hey, should we just say the name? People want and a lot, And a lot of people said say it. And then somebody said, and now here's where I'm going to say the other side. Somebody said, please, please, for the love of God, just say the fucking name. The bit was good 20 episodes ago. I need to be clear that this isn't a bit. Yeah. We don't know the name. It was also never good. And so... <laughs> I want. I don't want you to say the name. Okay. It's I, genuinely not a bit. It, I don't know where that's come from. Where it's like this isn't funny anymore. It was never. never funny. It was never funny <laughs> to begin with. You dunce. It's uh, not funny. It wasn't funny. We're trying to guess the name. We're trying to see if you can guess the name. No one's gotten it. What's the bit? My wife asked me the other day what it stood for, uh, and I told her, mm -hmm. and it was my first time saying it out loud, and I hate it. <laughs> Let me I was like, oh, it's only existed in my head up until this moment, and I said it, and it was like, um, like uh, uh, I hated it. <laughs> you te you texted us uh, uh, that, and my first question, I wanted to ask it in person, so I'm glad you brought it up, is what was Esther's response? Like, what was her, when you said it out loud, what was her face? What did she say? Oh. <laughs> Damn. I was hoping to get something out of that. No, no. Um, let me see if we have any... Um, Guesses. It's mostly people saying, say the name. Uh, again, I'm on the other side where I don't think you should ever say the name, but... And Eric's our boss. He's a producer. Yeah, that's right. I'm... That's right. You guys started the company. Hey. You just told stories about getting flown out to play Halo 2. I'm the boss. I have, I, I have like, three levels of boss above we, me. We you also... Know? I have so many bosses Eric, above we, me. We also talked pretty heavily about how we we realized that we were okay at stuff but not great yeah. and we turned it over to the professionals. Yeah. You're the professional <laughs> uh, we've turned uh, this over oh, to. Oh no. Um, here's some guesses. Here's uh, This is Brad. Uh, his name on Twitter. I am not Brad. Uh, Whoa, confusing. Another meta. No. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it probably is. Another meandering anecdote. Uh, analyzing no. memories and arguments. Ancillary material. Mm -mm. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> That's a spirit. Another morning activity. Another morning arrives. I'm so defeated by knowing we had, we were 99% of the way there. <laughs> and then you and I put all that work. Yeah. And then we didn't. It wasn't even, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Um, hang on, one more guess. Um, Mike says anus man. If that's, <laughs> if that's not it, I don't know what it is. No. <sighs> well, there you have it. Have I ever guessed animation, manimation? I don't think you have, but that's not it. No. Uh. I'm out. I'm I'm out of ideas, gang. That's that sucks. Yeah. This picture of this cat with gross feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that'll do it for Anma. Uh, good stories. Rough ending. 
Still not getting the name. Yeah. It'll get it'll it'll eventually happen. It'll you, eventually you, you happen. You need to refocus. Y'all were so close. You had like all this work done. I was we, like, this is this is it. In the next couple of weeks you're gonna get it, and you have gone so far. Help off us the handle. help us refocus. Yeah. Please. Please help us refocus. Uh, you can uh, tweet at us at Animal Podcast. Uh, follow I us saw on Instagram. some really close guesses online. Let's come on, guys. Let's keep this bit going. Uh, <laughs> this fun, We're going to make it funny this again. This funny, funny, funny bit uh, at Animal Podcast uh, on Instagram. Uh, r slash Animal Podcast, where uh, there's like a lot of good guesses, a lot of activity on the subreddit. I like I like that subreddit. Me too, because it's mostly guesses and then people doing a lot of the legwork on guesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's mostly that. And then people saying, here's why the golden goal is no longer a thing. Oh, and yeah. it's like it makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, oh that's that's cool. Never needed to know that. It's not a thing anymore. I don't care. Yeah. Um and that's it. Any uh parting words, final thoughts for the folks at home? Get me away from these kids. <laughs> 